When I was a young boy, as an only child, I almost always accompanied my mom on errands when I wasn't in school. As we lived in a small, tourist-oriented town, some shopping needed to be done in one of the nearby market towns. And it always seemed like, whenever we went to one of those towns, we had to make a stop at a store I only knew as St. Vinny's. All I knew about the store other than its name was I sat in the car while Mom took a bag or box of items we no longer use into the store. I had no idea what happened to the bag or box after that. The rest of the story, coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Well, a good day to you, and welcome to The Inner Life. This is the place to be for an hour of on-air and online spiritual direction with the help of our seasoned spiritual directors. I'm Patrick Conley. Thanks for joining us today. Well, as you probably know, St. Vinny's is shorthand for the St. Vincent de Paul store, a thrift store run by the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, which, in fact, was not founded by St. Vincent de Paul. Rather, a young French student by the name of Antoine Frédéric Ozanam, pardon my French, a devout practicing Catholic, was confronted by another student who said that though the Catholic Church had done much good in the past, he couldn't see how the Church was currently addressing the needs of the poor and struggling there in Paris. So, on April 23, 1833, his 20th birthday, Ozanam invited five other students to a meeting where they founded the first Conference of Charity to assist the poor. This Catholic lay organization was intended to help members increase in holiness by loving service to those in need. Shortly after, the group chose as their patron St. Vincent de Paul, a 17th century priest who championed service and outreach to the poor. Well, today being his memorial, we are honoring St. Vincent de Paul here on The Inner Life, particularly by encouraging you to be part of his ongoing legacy by practicing works of mercy toward those in poverty. As we'll discuss, the practice of charity not only benefits those who receive, but those who give as well. Our spiritual director for the hour ahead is Father John Eckert, the pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Welcome back back to the program, Father. Thanks for joining us. Patrick, it's great to be back with you. Well, I am I'm intrigued because I know uh, some, but not a heck of a lot about St. Vincent de Paul. I was privileged, actually, to uh, to see his remains, which is um, actually a story in and of itself on a pilgrimage to France and to venerate his relics there. So that was uh, that was a fantastic encounter. But I could stand to use learn more about uh, this wonderful saint that we're honoring today. The church across the world honors today. So why don't you introduce us to him, Father, if you would? Absolutely. So he was born in 1581 to uh, a peasant family and studied for the priesthood, was ordained actually quite young, even earlier than he was supposed to be. Uh, This is after the Council of Trent, and they had set a uh, youngest ordination age for 24. He actually was ordained at 19. Don't understand how that happened. Mm. And uh, so he actually had to wait a little bit longer to go into a parish and serve. And from the accounts, it's that he was pretty well intentioned on just sort of having a comfortable life. But after hearing the confession of a peasant worker on his deathbed, kind of had a major league conversion himself and really started to devote his life 
to the care of the less fortunate, to uh, the rural poor, to uh, the less fortunate there in Paris. Um, and the other fascinating thing with St. Vincent de Paul is he was also very dedicated to like reform of the clergy, uh, really working hard for, you know, as we talk on the inner life, you know, the, the spiritual life of, of those entrusted, you know, with, with caring for God's people. So you have both meeting the, the material needs, striving to help the poor, you know, doing these works of mercy, but also with St. Vincent de Paul, it's, you know, looking at the spiritual works of mercy as well and being dedicated to the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep and sort of like recognizing that we have to have that deep relationship, that closeness with our Lord in order to serve those that he cared so much about. Um, and then uh, St. Vincent de Paul died at, uh, near 1660, so 79 years. Uh, and uh, yeah, just a beautiful saint who obviously has inspired many to carry on that work of service to the poor. Yeah, yeah. And uh, obviously, I mean, he's one of the names, thanks to the Society of St. Vincent de Paul, he's one of the names that we often associate with that charity to the poor. Any particular ways that he did look after the poor in his midst that you're aware of, Father? Uh, you know, just it seems like you know, just just going out, like making making the uh, the, the like striving to see the people in his midst and the needs that they had, and not overlooking them. You know, it, it's it's one of those things where sometimes I think it's just the obvious what's right in front of you. You know, here are these people right here in my midst that need this help. You know, and then and then working with those who were better off financially, you know, to try to take what they had and then meet the needs of those around them. I forget the name of the family that he was with there in Paris, but, you know, there was a concern from the matriarch of this family to help, you know, the peasants, the workers uh, that were around them. And she really like went to St. Vincent de Paul to have his help in making this happen. And then it kind of exploded. And I think it's, it's one of those things where we see it's like, hey, there's, there's always going to be people around us, you know, that our Lord places in our midst and to not overlook them, but to strive to meet the needs that they come to us with. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things, too, is that it's it, in today's day and age, I'm sure it was true um, back in St. Vincent de Paul's day as well. But in, in this day and age, it seems like that, um, I don't know, perhaps we can grow a little bit callous toward the poor when we when we do see them, when we notice them. I'm thinking, of course, of those who stand on street corners with signs, that sort of thing, asking for uh, some sort of material donation that will help them get their next meal or take care of their children or whatever it is that they're asking. Um, but it seems like those who are particularly uh, inspired to work with the poor, that they um, they notice. I mean, they have they have this, yeah. that may be step one, right? It's just, just to, to acknowledge and even uh, even interact with the poor that are in our midst. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's one of those great spiritual principles of your life is not just about you, you know, right. that, that we are not destined for just a life of comfort. I mean, we're called the holiness. And quite frankly, you know, as, as we sort of, I think, know in our hearts, even though sometimes it's hard to sort of like break out of our own, like just latent selfishness that's there from the fall, you know? Right. And so once we can break out of that and see the needs of others, 
uh, you know, the happier we're going to be. Um, I'll tell you, I love looking ahead to the readings that are coming for this upcoming Sunday. I'm always trying to like, always kind of like prepping for the upcoming Sunday Mass homily. Well, sure, the second, yeah. this The second reading this Sunday is one of my all-time favorites. It's St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. He's writing this from prison, you know, and concerned about you know, about the people in Philippi and, and what's going on. But one of the lines at the beginning of the reading here is, do nothing out of selfishness or out of vainglory, rather humbly regard others as more important than yourselves, each looking out not for his own interests, but also for those of others. Now, is that a natural inclination for us? No. I mean, I think our our normal just default position is looking out for number one. You know, I mean, it's like we just kind of fall into that. But if we reflect on just some of the, the greatest moments of our life, it's normally not when, you know, something amazing, you know, like, like we've come into a bunch of money or, you know, or like I won this particular race or something like that. But rather it's like when I had the opportunity to charitably love the person that our Lord has placed in our midst or like helped someone through a difficult time. Like when I get to participate in, you know, the self-sacrificing charity of Jesus Christ. And actually, yeah. as St. Paul is writing this, the next lines are what's called the Carmen Christi, this beautiful, you know, mm. Jesus Christ, though he was in the form of God, did not de- redeem uh, equality with, or uh, regard equality with God, something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself. And that's the thing. We, we see that, you know, our Lord pours out his love. And the more that we imitate that. And and it doesn't have to be in huge ways, but just, you know, regarding others humbly as, you know, more important than ourselves. When we live a life like that, as difficult as it is, I think it's in that that we find the greatest fulfillment and happiness. And our Lord gives us the strength to do it. And in order to do it, we've got to cling to him, quite frankly, every single day. One of my favorite lines I've heard about like charitable organizations and charitable work is that if you really get involved, say with like the missionaries of charity, right? Uh, Mother Teresa's wonderful order, like Mm -hmm. with, with organizations like that, or if you really give yourself to work with the poor, one of three things is going to happen. You're either going to get burned out, you're going to get corrupt, or you're going to become a saint. And I really (laughs) like, like when you think about that, you know, it's like, there's the options and when we really give ourselves to striving to serve those in our midst, inevitably, like to have that strength, you look at Mother Teresa and those beautiful missionaries of charity, they're in front of our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament two hours a day. And yeah. so in order to see Christ in the poorest of the poor, we need to see him in the sacrament, see him in the Blessed Sacrament to go to him in confession you know, to have our own selfishness washed away so then we can imitate him. And it's in that we find just incredible joy. Mm. Father John Eckert is our spiritual director today here on the program. We're talking about, well, we're honoring St. Vincent de Paul on this, his feast day. And we're talking about outreach to the poor. Was there a time when you were in need, when someone helped you out? Maybe you were in need of money or friendship or shelter. What was that experience like? Or perhaps you have dedicated yourself to a life of helping and serving the poor, whether that's uh, materially poor or spiritually poor. 
We'd love to hear your story. Give us a call. We'd love to get you on the air. 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Well, Father, uh, many of the things that you pointed to there, I'm so grateful that you drew the scriptures into it and this whole idea that when we engage in works of charity, that we are indeed, we're entering into the life of Jesus himself, who, like you said, St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, became poor. I mean, essentially is what that's saying, emptied himself, right? And so uh, maybe it's just good to look at the whole of scripture. Do we truly see um, God's preferential option for the poor there in scripture? Well, it's awfully important, that's for sure. You know, yeah. another great uh, teaching of our Lord's to go right to in a conversation like this is Matthew 25, you know, with the mm-hmm. uh, the final judgment, the separation of the sheep and the goats, you know what I mean? And what's ultimately the criterion that he bases this on is, you know, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. Or... I was hungry and you did not give me to eat. I was thirsty you did not give me to drink. You know, whatever you did for one of these least of ones, you did it to me. Whatever you did not do for one of these little ones, you did not do it for me. And I'll tell you, one of the, the best lines I've heard in regard to that, that gospel, that if I'm not mistaken, we're going to get on Christ the King Sunday here in about two months. Um, <laughs> you know, at the, at the end of Matthew's gospel, uh, there's a, a wise sister, a Dominican sister that I heard uh, describing that gospel as the study guide for the ultimate final exam. And there was one time I, I said that in a homily, and I just said, if you had to take that exam today, would you pass? And then oh, I man. just sat down. And, you know, because it's, it, it's, a, it's, a it's a good sort of, you know, just examination of conscience. And it's funny because that was, I think, three years ago at this point. And it's, it's funny, you know, just a quick thing like that, and people still comment on it. But our Lord is so clear, you know, just like meeting, you know, Saul who becomes Paul on the road. You know, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You know, our Lord considers, you know, his little ones. He considers the body of Christ. You know, we are part of the body of Christ. And so whatever we do to one of these little ones, whatever we do to the least of his brothers and sisters, we do it to him. And so, you know, sometimes also, and and hopefully we'll talk about this at some point, I've been blessed to go on mission trips, which I absolutely love. But I, I find it interesting that sometimes it's harder to do charitable work at home, yeah. you know, you're confronted with the same people very frequently. And I would even say too, this is going to sound bad, but like, you know, helping with the chronically annoying, you know, like there are some people that are, that are difficult to serve, but to be able to, you know, strive to help the ones that our Lord has placed in our midst, you know, that, gosh, that, that can be difficult, but he'll give us the strength to do it. And then to realize we're doing it for him. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's a powerful realization. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if I think one of the things too, uh, well, let's, let me just ask you, I'll put it in a for, form of a question here for you, father, is that what do you see as some of the major things that would, um, seek to drive us away from works of charity toward the poor? I can think of a few things off the top of my head, but I'm interested in what you have to say about that. You know, I think sometimes we can get cynical and think, ah, why doesn't this person just take care of themselves? You know, why, you know, why is this person bothering me? Like, you know, or that where it it gets difficult. I'll tell you this, you know, I've been, 
praying, getting ready for, for this conversation because, uh, as I told uh, Nick, our producer, ahead of time, I mean, this is not my wheelhouse. I mean, I, I'm not... You know, I'm not a member of the Missionaries of the Poor, or I'm not a Franciscan. Like, I, it's not my main work, so to speak, right? I'm a parish priest. I'm living out there in the world like everybody else. And part of me was like, man, I, I'm sure we're going to get the question, what do you do for the person on the street corner that's asking? And to be honest with you, I don't have a perfect black or white answer, you know, um, on this is what you do every time. Other than the fact of realizing that, you know, we're all created in the image and likeness of God from the guy you see on the street corner to Pope Francis, to your doctor, to your banker, you know, to, I don't know, your favorite baseball player. You know, we're all created in the image and likeness of God. When we pray in the words, our savior taught us, we start with the word our father, you know, it's like, we're all in this together. Um, sometimes, and I, I, I know that sometimes we can be, challenged in the fact that, okay, you know that some people have taken charitable works and used it as a front to like cheat different people, right? And I think sometimes that can be a challenge in, okay, well then what do I do? It's like, oh, you know, all these things that have cheated people in the past or people that, as I said before, in this kind of work, getting burned out or becoming corrupt as opposed to becoming a saint. Like some people, you know, take advantage but I think yeah. at the end of the day, it's like you can't become cynical. You know, we cannot become heart of heart because yeah. of what someone might do with our charity. Like our Lord doesn't say, <laughs> you know, oh, you, you know, like how could you have been duped? No, like he'll say very often like, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But he doesn't say like, how could you guys be so stupid? Like how are you, how are you duped? Like, no, I mean, I think we have to pray in pity for anyone that would take advantage of the charity of someone else. You know, I, right. I remember there's this great story about Archbishop Fulton Sheen walking the streets in New York with his niece and someone asked for money. He gave him a 20 and this is back in, I think like the late, late fifties, early sixties. So, I mean, you know, inflation a 20, that was, that would have been a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, hands this guy a 20 and the niece was like, uncle, like, how do you know that he needs it? And he goes, well, I can't take that chance, you know, and, and Mm. to be fair, I'm not advocating hand everybody a 20, but at the same time, whoever is looking at you, asking you, you have to at least look at them as a brother or sister in Christ, someone Mm. like you, who's created in the image and likeness of God. And you got to assess the situation. Okay. How can I help this person in the moment? And if that means looking at them like a person and saying, sorry, I don't have anything to give you right now. But God bless you. I'll say I'll say a prayer for you, and then say a hail mary for it for them as you pull away. You know. Um, now we do also have to be safe. You know, like I said, it's it's easy to become cynical in our world where some people, you know, use the pity of others to take advantage. But you know, to treat them as a human being, to assess what you have right now, and to assess each situation as they come, I think is about the the best answer I can probably yeah. give to the what do you do for the person on the street corner yeah yeah well when you were when you were speaking there father I just was chuckling there because uh, I'm thinking well uh, anytime that I would say you know well I, they I'm gonna withhold my charity because they might take advantage I sure am glad that the Lord doesn't say that to me because man yeah <laughs> there are certainly times when I have taken advantage of his charity 
And, Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, so I'm grateful for the mercy that he continues to give. Let's uh, squeeze in a quick phone call here before the break. Ed is calling in from Vallejo, California. Good morning, Ed. Thanks for calling into the interview. Good morning. Okay, thank you for having me. Um, I just I'll try to make this brief. Um, it's hard to make it brief. I worked, uh, I didn't want to at first, and I thought, you know, I'm going to do something at the church. So I went to start working for St. Vincent Paul. We deliver food to people. We go out, like I went to a, one woman, she was uh, having a crisis. Her husband was an abuser. She was had her child, and she had her car packed. And I went down. We brought her food to the to the parking lot she was at. And her daughter was there, and she put her arms around me crying. And I tell you, I tell you, it's just hard, you know, to see people uh, suffering like that. But so we gave her food anyway. But it's you know, it's and like the uh, father said, the church sometimes it's hard to get people to. We'll have set up our booth, and they'll walk out, and they'll look, and they'll say, oh, that's nice, <laughs> you know, and try and get them to, to do something. And if, also the Father said, it's hard to not judge, because sometimes I go to a place, and there's a Mercedes parked outside, and it's like, what? Mm-hmm. But you don't know what that person's been through. You don't judge. And we pray before we go, and one of the prayers we say, part of it is, do not judge. Just you, you do what God's will. They're God's children. That's it. That's how you look at it. So anyway, I, I had to make this brief, but that, that's about it. And if you're out there, do it. Uh, we we give we deliver food, but we also uh, have uh, house visits, and we also have uh, you know give give people uh, gas money, uh, gas cards, and and uh, uh, help with their rent and stuff. Uh, but that, that's all I wanted to say. The father was right. You gotta be watch out because sometimes it's easy to get judgmental and you shouldn't do that. You do get from your heart. Yeah. Ed, I really appreciate that. And I think just the, uh, the emotion in your voice, cause I think I'd be emotional too. I mean, it, it's amazing how, when we participate in this kind of work, I mean, I think it's, it's one of the greatest gifts our Lord gives us because we get to be involved in his work of charity. It's like our Lord doesn't jealously cling to his divinity, nor does he jealously cling to his generosity. I mean, as Patrick, as you were saying before, like he's been so generous with me and it's like, he's even generous with us in his generosity that he allows us to participate in this work. I mean, what you did there, Ed, for that woman, I mean, you got to be a part of helping her in a difficult situation. You are a part of her life story now. And so when she thinks about, you know, the beauty of Christ and his church helping those less fortunate, that has a human face and it's the face of Ed. And that's a beautiful thing. And, you know, it's one of those gifts that it's like, you know, what do we do to deserve this? I mean, just he lets us participate in it and ultimately, you know, our Lord says it's better to give than to receive. And we we know that feeling. And so to stay away from cynicism, um, yeah, I think is, is key. Um, so, Ed, thank you so much for the call. Thank you, Ed. Thank you for the call. If you have a way that you are helping out the poor in your community and you'd like to share that uh, with us, we'd love to be encouraged and inspired by that. Our number is 888-914-9149 as we are honoring St. Vincent de Paul, the saint of the day, and with encouraging you in your outreach to the poor. We've got more of The Inner Life coming up after this short break. We'll be back. Stay with us. Thank you.
Welcome back to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, RelevantRadio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. Our spiritual director today is Father John Egger, pastor of Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Salisbury, North Carolina, and we are talking about outreach to the poor. Vince is calling in from Hammond, Indiana. Vince, thanks so much for calling in, and great name for what we're discussing today in St. Vincent de Paul. Thanks. Good morning, guys. Just a couple of quick things. Uh, Number one, I don't 100 percent of the time give money to people like on the street and stuff. But when I do and I'm with my kids and they tell me I'm nuts, I, I just, you know, oh, you know, it's probably a scam. I just remind them that's between that person and God. I, I don't feel it relieves us of our responsibility uh, to be charitable. So, you know, whatever they do with the money, they do with the money. And then just one other quick comment I wanted to make was, not you know when i've run into people that are perhaps not charitable you know i try to remember that you can't give what you don't have and maybe it's just a coincidence in my life but it seems when i'm dealing with somebody that i feel is not as charitable as they should be it seems like they always lost a parent at a very young age or both parents at a very young age maybe that's just a coincidence but I don't know. I think you can't give what you don't have. Hmm. Well, Vince, I would say, yeah, first of all, happy feast day. And second of all, I mean, I think you kind of hit on the head what I was, I was saying before, you know, it's like, I, I don't know that there's like a perfect black and white. This is what you do when you encounter someone that you don't know asking for money as you walk into the grocery store or you're at a, at an intersection. But I think to treat them like a human being, you know, to, to look at them, to listen to them sometimes too. I mean, I feel like that's one of those things that gets really lost in our society is just like treating people like people and looking at them in the eye and, you know, and sometimes you just have to kind of gauge it and you sort of go with a gut feeling, but, you know, just to even say like, Hey, I will say a prayer for you and then do it. Like I, what I try to do is like immediately, you know, say Hail Mary for them as I'm walking away or driving away because then it's not just an empty, I'll pray for you and then I forget. It's, I've done it. And then sometimes, you know, as I'm saying my evening prayers, that person may come back to mind. I usually try to ask them for their name. Um, and I think that that can go a long way. As far as people being uncharitable, you know, I, I think it can probably come from all sorts of things. I mean, when we're wounded, you know, what do they say? You know, hurt people, hurt people. But at the same time, Patrick, as you referenced earlier, you know, like our Lord is so good with his generosity, with his love. You know, just as, you know, throwing back to, uh, I think it was back at Advent this past year, and we got a new translation on absolution, where it's no longer, you know, uh, that the Holy Spirit was sent for the forgiveness of sins, but poured out for the forgiveness Mm -hmm. of sins. And I think that same poured out was changed in the words of consecration back in 2011. Not just, not just the blood of Christ was shed for the forgiveness of sins, but poured out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, I think going to our Lord you know, for his help, for his healing. Because, yeah, I mean, if we get hurt, if, you know, at some point, you know, if if, if we're food poor, you know, it's, it's a little bit harder sometimes to give it away. But on the flip side, I mean, we'll just go to the, uh, 
you know, the easy sort of example to talk about in this field, look at the example of Ebenezer Scrooge and, you know, and the wonderful, <laughs> you know, Dickens Christmas Carol. Yeah, you know, like you Bob, Bob Cratchit is generous, but he's poor. You know, mm. Ebenezer Scrooge is rich as can be, and yet he's a miser. You know, so the thing is, it, it, you never know, you know, what's going on in someone's heart. Um, but to pray for that kind of healing, whatever it may be, because I think there may be all sorts of different circumstances that can lead to a lack of generosity, you know. And so, and you know, I've known some people that have been through major league tragedies or lost loved ones who are still incredibly generous because they know that others need that help too. You know, it's like orphans helping orphans, so to speak. Um, but then there are others who have, you know, done fine all their life that refuse to help, and vice versa. You know, so it's it's one of those things where I think each human heart has to be open to, you know, the call of our Lord to participate in his loving charity. And that's why, you know, so the second reading this coming Sunday, you know, humbly regard others as more important than yourselves. He doesn't say those of you who are poor, those of you who are rich, it's just a general statement and we all need it. It's a great point. Vince, thanks for the call. Thanks for the, for the good word and uh, appreciate the, the, uh, work that you are doing too to help out the poor in your community. Let's go now to Tony calling in from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Tony, thanks for calling the Inner Life. Hi, um, me and my wife Sue. We manage uh, KMMK in the local area, so I want to give a shout out for our station here. And nice. What uh, what I'm had a, <laughs> this was posed to me this morning. And we've been helping this guy out. We've been helping this family out for, like, say, four years or so. And now she's out of state with the kids. He's still here. He's got a citizenship issue. And so I, I brought him down to uh, Catholic Charities and kind of, uh, you know, walked through there of getting a consultation uh, about his status and green card expired and doesn't have valid driver's license, all this stuff. He got laid off. Uh, from a employer around here that I think that uh, they just run these audit checks every so often when they want to dump people, they just do an audit check on seeing how many green cards they have that are expired. And then that comes an easy way to, to offload people, et cetera. But then, you know, like he hasn't got anything to pull the unemployment with because he's let all this stuff expire. So anyway, unraveling all that, we, we got a lawyer that he had already been in communication with, already paid money with, we got him to uh, learn about this government uh, deal where you don't have to pay for the submittal. And uh, the, the guy didn't know that because he says, I quite frankly, I don't deal with this clientele. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a social worker was his uh, <laughs> catchphrase. But so anyway, he needs a ride out today to his uh, employer, uh, future employer uh, that's uh, in Marshalltown. It's a little jaunt from here, but um, you know, I was just going, oh, man, when do you draw the line? But I think of uh, Catherine McCauley. We have the Sisters of Mercy in town. And in their mm-hmm. chapel, they have a quote from Catherine McCauley that says, um, uh, suffer the thousand that, that get charity and don't need it for the one that uh, needs it and doesn't get it. Sure. Yeah, Tony, you're right, buddy. And and it was just like I was saying earlier about the uh, the Fulton Sheen quote, right? You know, it's when his niece asks, well, how do you know that he needs it? Well, I can't take the chance that he doesn't. Um, and that's where I think in this type of work, 
And this is where it's like the flip side of St. Vincent de Paul is so important. You know, the other part of his life was working for, you know, reform and just like real spiritual depth, you know, especially for the clergy. But then, you know, entailing, it's like if you're helping the shepherds, then you're helping the, the people. And so, you know, we have to be close to Christ. We have to, you know, keep loving him with all of our hearts. You know, he who you know, loved all of those who came to him, even though some of them, you know, were not great, did, you know, that had divided hearts. I mean, you know, Judas was amongst him, and, you know, and, and yet our Lord continued to love them all. And, yeah, I think in, in striving to do what we can, I mean, yeah, we don't want to just, you know, obviously just roll over for anything that's obviously a scam or enable where that's not helpful. I mean, we have to use our reason. And that's where, and you mentioned Catholic Charities, wonderful organization. I'm blessed here in the Diocese of Charlotte. We have an amazing Catholic Charities. Uh, We have a great uh, organization that serves the poor um, in my uh, town of Salisbury called Rowan Helping Ministries. I mean, I'm blessed that we have some amazing organizations that can help and know how to do this well. But at the same time, as you were saying, Tony, it's like, you know, meeting that person who comes to you, trying to get them to the right place, finding, you know, the legal help that they're going to need, helping them to get the education that they need, helping them to get back on their feet. Because, you know, just in, in regard to human dignity, somebody wants to get back on their feet to help their family, to be able to earn, you know, a good living, to then be able to serve others as well. I mean, I think it's in, is it Ephesians about, you know, like basically earning money that you may serve others, you know, I mean, a great gift that we have as followers of Jesus Christ is being able to imitate him in his charity. And so once again, I think a common theme in this, this topic of love for the poor is making sure that we don't become cynical because I, I think that is probably one of the, the biggest pitfalls and temptations that we face. Yeah. So Tony, thank you so much. And I appreciate your witness there. Yeah, thanks, Tony. And our callers are doing a great job of uh, helping us along that same, uh, help us avoid that pitfall that you're talking about, Father, and and avoiding becoming cynical. So great that we're hearing from so many of you. Thanks for that. Let's go down to Candace calling in from Northern Michigan. Candace, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you for putting me on. Um, I just wanted to, I'm I'm inspired by um, the show today and being St. Vincent de Paul's feast day. Um, what a delight in just to, you know, marvel over how we can participate, you know, as Christ's hands and feet here. And um, I just wanted to share a little bit. I, I really do consider um, my, I work for a, um, a donor-based nonprofit called Let Them Live, and we assist women in crisis pregnancies. Um, we have counselors, some of them volunteer counselors, um, and some that are on staff, uh, um, and we provide, not only do we provide counseling and resources, but um, if women come to us um, and they are abortion determined, and if it is due to heavy financial burdens, um, we will create a, a financial support plan and we will assist them um, with what they're burdened with. And so each woman, each woman who, um, you know, does have one of these financial, um, support plans, it, it, you know, we meet them where, where they're at. And so 
I have the honor of, you know, working in the, the bill payment processing department. And every single time I'm paying a bill on behalf of one of these women, like it, I just have an overwhelming sense of what a privilege it is to be doing this. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm on the front lines helping these women in this crisis situation. And so, um, you know, anytime and anytime I have the privilege of interacting with one of these women, I thank them for allowing us to be a part of their journey. I, I truly consider it an honor to be serving these women in this capacity. And I just wanted to share that. Candace, that's fantastic. I'm so grateful that you called in because, yeah, I, I think sometimes, you know, when we're facing difficulties, when we're facing, you know, just what, what feels like overwhelming challenges, you know, what does the devil want us to, the, what does the devil want to do? He wants us to feel isolated. He wants us to think that we're all alone. And then we start making, you know, terrible decisions that will affect us for the rest of our lives. You know, he will try to tempt us into mortal sin. And for you to, to be able to step in there to say, wait a second, you know, like, let's, let's pull these burdens apart. Let's see what we can do. And, you know, to be able to do that is such an incredible gift because once again, we pray our father, we are not alone. We get to help other people. And so to step in there and give such a good example of, you know, essentially telling someone you are not alone, you are important and you can do this, you know, like this little guy is going to be so important for all of us. So yeah, that's Candace. I really appreciate you calling in today. Yeah, a great and creative and uh, maybe a little bit different way than you might have think, think of, of, of uh, assisting the poor in your community. So, Candace, I appreciate that. Excellent encouragement and inspiration for the rest of us. We're talking about outreach to the poor today with our spiritual director, Father John Eckert, and we are honoring St. Vincent de Paul as we do so. What's a way that you uh, have outreach to the poor? Maybe you have a question about what's appropriate in terms of uh, charity towards the poor. You can give us a call. Join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our number. 888-914-9149. Our email address, if you'd prefer to send us an email, is innerlife at relevantradio.com. Lots more to talk about when it comes to charity and outreach to the poor. We will take that up right after this short break. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com quest. Welcome back to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Join the conversation at 888-914-9149. Yeah, do join the conversation. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, Jim Shaper, who's taking your phone calls today, and Father John Eckert, our spiritual director for the hour, as we're talking about outreach to the poor and specifically uh, St. Vincent de Paul honoring him today. And before we go further, I just wanted to remind you that Relevant Radio will be live and in person at the upcoming National Eucharistic Congress, and we're inviting you to join us. 
Let's all show up for Jesus. It's a once-in-a-lifetime celebration. It's going to be July 17th through 21st in Indianapolis. You can check out our travel packages for the Congress at relevantradio.com slash encounter. That's relevantradio.com slash encounter. Well, Father, one of the, just turning the page a little bit here, um, but one that certainly uh, still does stay in line with St. Vincent de Paul and his work, and his work specifically in clerical reform, is that there is also not just a material poverty, but a spiritual poverty as well that we, um, as as followers of Jesus, we are called to attend to as well. Do you want to say a word or two about spiritual poverty? Absolutely. I would just say, you know, I mean, there's certain things like uh, with the spiritual works of mercy, like um, instructing the ignorant, you know, counseling the doubtful, th- things along those lines. But you know, I would say some of the the richest treasures we can receive, right? <clears throat> I would say mainly have to do with the treasure of our faith. Like I look back on what I have inherited from those who have gone before, in particular my grandparents. All four of them have passed, but thanks be to God, all four of them were faithful, practicing, loving Catholics. And I mean, especially from my mom's parents, I received just this great love of the rosary. Uh, my grandpa used to make rosaries as as we grandkids, you know, growing up, he was retired. And I just remember him sitting in his chair and, you know, and, and working on those rosaries all the time. And this is before the Berlin wall, wall fell and, you know, like sending them across the wall. And so I, you know, I, I, partially uh, attribute the fall of communism to my grandpa, James O'Brien. So like, but, but to receive that is an incredible treasure. It's a huge part of my life. And that rosary, you know, it's like a chain that links me to heaven. And, you know, even in the midst of this Valley of tears, as we pray in the hail Holy queen, I know that I have a link to heaven all of the time. And so even as we look at material poverty, which as our Lord tells us in the 26th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, the poor will be with you always. Like we're always going to have them. We're not going to hit a state of utopia in which everybody's physical needs are just completely met. And quite frankly, even in those times when our our material needs are completely met, it's not as though those are our happiest of all times, you know, and it's like you're you're the fullest as you're walking out of a restaurant. It's not like, wow, I feel completely fulfilled now. I mean, we need, you know, hope. We need, you know, the, the theological mm-hmm. virtues of faith, hope, and love. We need that knowledge that this is not all that there is, that we have mm-hmm. our Lord. And so to be able to hand on the treasure that is our faith, you know? So I I love it when we, you know, talk about like Catholic charities that, you know, we don't serve these people because they're Catholic, but because we are, you know, and this is, Mm -hmm. this is what flows out from the treasure of our faith. But at the same time, to be willing to share the great, you know, treasure that we have in our faith. You just mentioned the National Eucharistic Congress. I mean, you talk about, you know, a national gathering centered around the greatest treasure that we have, Jesus Christ, truly present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. And that is a treasure that we want everybody to embrace and have and to experience. Because whether, you know, you have a very full bank account or a nearly empty one, he, we need him more than our material needs, right? Like it, it's, it, it, I think to look at the world in a cruciform way, right? Both vertically and horizontally. Yeah. We need that vertical link with all of the angels and saints, including St. Vincent de Paul, who would be one of the first to say, and then from that, you then 
feed the poor and help meet the needs of people. But the two are so utterly connected. We're not just about like social movements, you know, and, and not that they are bad or, you know, we had that call before um, from Vincent, I think. It, no, no, that wasn't. But uh, Tony in Cedar Rapids, right? You know, like helping that, that gentleman to get the legal advice he needs. Of course, those are huge things. But it's not like we can get to a point where we have such great legal advice that there are no more problems. Like we live in a fallen world. We live in a valley of tears. But what points us beyond that and how we have a hope of not falling just into cynicism is because Jesus Christ has entered into all this with us. We have the gospel and people need that treasure. And not having that is a greater poverty than being food poor. Yeah. Well, speaking of those very things that the poor we will always have with us, uh, I think Linda calling in from Highland, Indiana, has a question right along those lines. Linda, thanks for calling into the inner life. Welcome. Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, I I am inundated with mail um, from uh, all kinds of organizations asking for donations. You know, everything, you know, from the... I'm, I mean, I'm looking at my kitchen table and the chairs, and there's nowhere really for us to sit and eat because it's just full of, of mail from different organizations, uh, diabetes and, 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 uh, and, and lung association and all of them, and plus all of the, you know, the religious ones, the ones, you know, uh, dealing with our Catholic um, faith and helping uh, the, the poor through, well, uh, different societies. Uh, it, it it is overwhelming. It is overwhelming, and and I I don't know where do I where do I draw the line. I mean, I feel like putting five or ten dollars in an envelope, you know, to send uh, to uh, uh, age of the church in need doesn't seem to be very much. But on the other hand. You know, if I put five or ten in that envelope, by the uh, by the time I do that to all of the requests, it gets to be a lot. Uh, sure. Well, Linda, I'll tell you what. First of all, thank you for that question because I think that is a common one that a lot of people feel. I mean, we get a lot of things um, that come to us, and as I said before, I mean, the poor we will always have with us. There are always going to be material needs. And Linda, you can be at peace because it doesn't say in sacred scripture that Linda is expected to wipe all of this out. Like, you are not the one who has to, like, meet the needs of every envelope that comes to your mailbox. What I would recommend, it's sort of like devotions in the church, right? Like, there, there are so many beautiful ones out there. I'm particularly devoted to the rosary, especially with all the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima, and I love the Divine Mercy Chaplet. I am faithful to those every day. But there are so many more things that the church has on offer, but I can't do them all. There's only 24 hours in a day. I feel like the same principle applies when it comes to helping with different organizations, Pick one or two, be devoted to them, and don't worry about the rest. Um, because there's a lot of people out there. Linda, you're not the only one. There are many Lindas. There, those, those folks are sending envelopes to a lot of people. And what I would say is, you know, pick one or two, like I said, that are near and dear to your heart. I'm also a big fan of looking locally, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just had a week and a half ago 
the uh, the banquet for our local pregnancy uh, crisis pregnancy support center uh, there in in Salisbury. It's called Life Choices Roanne. They do great work. I'm grateful to be able to help them, but I can't necessarily give to every crisis pregnancy center that's out there. I'm trying to help with the one in my community. I'd recommend that. And, you know, maybe there's one that's international that you could help. Like you mentioned, aid to the church in need. We were blessed in my parish to have uh, Bishop Sibby from the Diocese of Atape in Papua New Guinea uh, mm-hmm. back this past summer. And now my parish is is growing closer with him. And so rather than trying to help out, say, every diocese in Papua New Guinea or, you know, every diocese you know throughout the world, we're going to focus on that one because now we have that relationship. And that's the beauty of our faith. I mean, we have the, you know, our Catholic universal church is global. And so I would say, you know, you pick a couple and, you know, and, and, and with your husband, with your family, you know, reassess, look at them from time to time, but just pick a few, be devoted to them, and then don't be overwhelmed. Yeah. Great advice, Father. I love that. I'm going to... Um chew on that for a good amount of time and maybe even, you know, change some of my my wife's and my giving as well, just based on what you just said. So thank you, um, Linda. Thank you for the question. Thank you for the call. As Father said, you are not alone in asking that question. Well, Father, we're down to our last couple minutes before we ask for your blessing. So my apologies to those who have called in and um, had ways that they said that they have been able to serve the poor. And there they are many. We've gotten many calls this hour. So thank you for your ongoing commitment to following in the footsteps of St. Vincent de Paul. But as we close the show, Father, maybe a great way to do it would be to just, where does this, where does charity, um, where does it really begin for us? Maybe there's people who are just wondering how to get started in this whole thing. And I believe going back to what you said early in the show, like uh, taking a page out of Mother Teresa, the missionaries of charity, you know, spending some time recognizing the Lord in um, what he has given us in the sacraments, in prayer and things like that. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, and hopefully, you know, you've got a place close by you, you know, your, your parish, whether it's just going to be in front of the tabernacle or going to Eucharistic adoration, just spending time with our Lord and giving him your heart and just saying, Lord, where do you want me to spend the gifts, the talents, the resources that you, that you have given me, you know, and even to ask him like, okay, where are some ways that maybe I'm living a little bit more luxuriously than I need to be. Like, for example, you know, we're, we're, we're just moving into fall and winter, right? Like maybe I keep the house just a little bit cooler and not as hot, save a little bit on the heating bill and, you know, and, and put that to good use. And same thing in the summer, like, you know, putting the temp, the thermostat just a little bit higher, not going quite as cold with the AC, you save a little bit, you know, like just those little things that sometimes we take for granted that can then be put to good use. And you never know where our Lord is maybe just going to kind of poke you a little bit and say, you know, you don't really need to go out quite that many times to eat during the week. Cut back on one, save a little bit of money, and maybe use that for this. Or, you know, gosh, you spent a lot of time on, you know, football on Sunday. Maybe cut back a little bit, spend a little extra time at the parish paying attention to the widows and widowers, you know? Well, (laughs) with those three pieces of advice, Father, I think (laughs) my wife were talking before this show here, and she probably (laughs) got got it through to anyone. You're welcome, Patrick. Yeah, thank you so much. We're down to about our last half a minute or so, Father, but could you close us with a blessing, please? Absolutely. Dear Lord, through the intercession of St. Vincent de Paul, may you drive cynicism from all of our hearts, help us to grow in charity, our love of you and love of our neighbor. And may Almighty God bless all of you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. 
Amen. As always, if you'd like to hear it again from Father John Eckert, do go to relevantradio.com slash innerlife. Coming up next is the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Tomorrow on the program, Authenticity in Prayer with our spiritual director, Father Craig DeYoung. Grace and peace.